Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? Good, Adam. Happy Tuesday. Happy waiver day. How was your Monday night experience last night? Was it good? Well, considering that I didn't watch any of this game, I'll, I'll be flat out. Did not watch any of this game. I'm just looking at the box score. Um, oh, you box score hunting prick. <laughs> I, listen, I do it a lot. There are only so many hours of the day, and I was literally paid to watch the Yankee game, so I had to do that. That is never a bad thing. Eh, depends. At least they some they really squeaked out that close loss against the horrible Texas Rangers. Yeah, don't get me started. That close win, sorry. They squeaked out that close win against the horrible Texas Rangers. Yeah, yeah no, it was um, not pretty. But Did you see oh. Anthony Rizzo got hit in the face? Oh, I did. Oh, I that saw was, that. That was so funny. That's a crime against Italians. Uh, that, that might be a hate crime against Italians. By the ledge? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. The ledge The ledge needs to be put on trial. Absolutely. Um was able to actually to actually go out to dinner last night, which was phenomenal. Just to like have a break and get out. And well, I really should. It was it's my second outing post COVID 2.0. So it was nice just to go out and, and and decompress, then go back, you know, hang out, watch a, watch a bit of the game, you know, on and off. I actually watched. Uh, we were watching Below Deck Mediterranean last night. Fabulous show for those that need a a nice little show to uh, to binge. Below Deck is phenomenal. It's great. Is it stuff. about like working on a boat. It's exactly what it is. I figured working on a charter. A charter. Okay. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a great show. Juicy. I think there's a show like that on Bravo. At, that's the show. That's okay. That's it. That's the one. My only experience to that is whenever my sister comes over and that's it. Cause I it's, never, there's below deck, below deck. There's below deck Mediterranean below deck. I think there's one Caribbean. Oh. I think there's one as well. So, there's like, like a the whole fucking, bunch of spinoffs. Of it's it. like fucking law and order with all these spinoffs pretty much. But below deck med is, 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 is the best one. Below deck Mediterranean is, is, is fantastic. And, um, well, and cause the weather's nice. Cause... Oh, and then, and then my cousin, my cousin had his kid. So, Lots of stuff. yeah, we had the, I had the 35 text messages and my friend was just like, you have 35 texts. I'm like, why do I have 35 texts? Who's wanting to talk to me at 10 o'clock at night? And lo and behold, cousin and his kid. So congratulations there, uh, Christian and Alicia. I know big fans, big fans of the program too. Really? That's great. Yeah. So uh, they'll be, uh, hopefully they'll be, they'll be sharing our voices with, uh, with Bailey Francis. Bradley Francis, Bradley Francis. Yeah. It, asshole me, can't even get the name right. Bradley. Oh, mm, can't get, I can't get my second cousin's name right. Yeah. My, uh, I guess they're my th- second or third cousins. There's, it's, you know, they're, okay, they're my second cousins. Like they had, uh, like they had their kid, they had their kids um, a couple of years ago. So it's kind of interesting, kind of puts you in the world of like naming also. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to go down this road because I know it's like a controversial subject for you for, because of the, you know, because of the name of the, of your second cousin. Um, it, it's, 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 it's a unique name. 
unique. Yes. But my cousin, so my third, I guess they're my third cousins. They're all three of them. Like their names are, are not traditional. Like they're just interesting. Interesting. Like unique. Unique. Savannah, Layton, and Asher and Piper. See, Savannah, I think is a very pretty name. It, it's a pretty cool name. She's the oldest. I, I, I think Savannah is a very pretty name. Very, very, very pretty. We have, so I have a friend of mine and very quickly before we talk about Monday Night Football. I have uh, a friend of mine who, and like, it's my neighbor who is like, in her, she's in her 50s, in her 50s, but family friend of ours. She is one of 12. One of 12. Okay. Where all of the boys are named after saints. So you have Joseph, Paul, Peter, you know, on and on and on and on. Valentine. I'm just kidding. But named after <laughs> biblical, biblical saints. Okay. I'm just, yeah. And then all of the girls are named Mary. That's weird. Yeah. So it's like you have Mary Jane, Mary Alice, Mary something, Mary something. And you just keep going down the line. And whatever the second name is after Mary is what they is what they go by. But all of the all of the girls are named their first name is Mary. That's interesting. Well, that's what happens when you uh, when your parents are super religious. That's that I can't even imagine anything like that for Judaism. It's a, it would be like all of the boys being named Jesus. Well, it would be like it'd be like all the boys being named after like Jacob's children. The Jacob, thank you. Yes, yes. No, or, or all the boys just being named Jacob. Period. Or yeah. Or they're named at, or like the boys are named Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses. Noah. And Noah. I heard, I, I've heard Noah's a great guy who may have uh, had some time on his hands to build a boat. <laughs> it's one way of putting it. He may have had some time on his hands to build a boat. <laughs> I didn't spend multiple days a week going to Hebrew school to just have Noah be described as a guy who built a boat. <laughs> what? Who had some spare time on his hands? You forgot that part. That's spare, spare time, time on, his on his hands to go build a boat. Yeah, so he could transport all of the all of the animals for forty days and forty nights. Exactly. But uh, that is interesting. I don't know how we got here. We talked about baby names. That's how we. Oh, got that's here. right. We're talking. We're talking about uh, Bradley. Yeah, Bradley Francis. Bradley with two E's. Bradley with two E's. Yes. And one L and one D and one A and one R and one B. Honestly, I, I kind of like my other, my cousin who the youngest uh, is Asher. I think that's a pretty cool name. Asher. That's it. That, 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 that's very unique for me. Yeah. But I, I always have said too, that for me, I just think girls names are a lot like they captivate me more than like guys names. I could see that. I think I think they're just they're, they they sound better. They're prettier. Uh, sometimes they're cooler. I think guys' names are very like very like bland, but it depends on, on what the name is. Well, the thing with girls' names is that you could just be really you could just go all out crazy with how you spell it. 
Yes, that's also true. Like that's Bradley true. with two E's. Yeah. Yeah. As an example. Rope. Well, I know my my grandmother, my grandmother's name was Giovanna. And I think that's like the prettiest name imaginable. Like I Giovanna is gorgeous. And it, you know, and ever since then, you know, it's just kind of like she also went by Jean, which blew my mind that you could just take Giovanna and turn that into Jean. But what do I know? Sorry, Grandma. But I mean, it, it is true. I mean, <laughs> but you can all you can also do that with with girls' names more than more so than you can really do it with with guys' names. Like I know I, I got lucky because Edward is awful. Edward is terrible. Like that's the that's it's the worst name possible. I don't know if it's the worst name possible. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's really bad. I don't which is why, which is why I go by, but... I go by. It's it's either Ed, it's either Eddie, or it's Bird. That's it. Well, you got Bird. you lucked out with your last name. Bird saw helped a ton. It's pulling a lot of weight. A ton. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the amount of people that I come across on just in my life period that don't even know what my first name is. I just know Bird. For example, for example, Dennis Quinn. Great guy. Love him. Last day, last day of college before I'm ready to walk out the door and never see him again. Quinn, do you know what do you know what Bird's actual name is? He didn't have a clue. Wow. Did not have a clue. He said Eric. Well, he got the first letter right. He got the first letter right. He said, I knew it started with an A. I'm like, okay. Well, honestly, whenever I talk to like my parents or my friends about stuff that we do, they're like, oh, you're hanging out with Ed. I was like, yeah. Like, I feel weird because I'm like, I'm not used to you being called Ed. Yeah, Ed. There are people that do that do call me Ed. I, I just am programmed to Bird. That that's like that's where I mentally I hear Bird. I'm like, huh? huh? All right. So, Ed just makes me sound old. Ed yeah. makes me sound ungodly old, which I am because my friend pointed out last night that on the side of my head I have like a gray hair. There's like a little 360. And mm-hmm. I nearly considered just shaving my head off last night. Just putting that out there. Yeah, my brother-in-law is getting that. But he's in his 30s, so. Well, I'm close to 30. I'm very close to 30, just like you are. We're the same distance away from 30. Well, we're both old. Anyway, let's talk about this Monday night game, shall we? Yes. Yes, let's. Um, yeah, this game was kind of like, this game was good, was a game. At halftime, it was, and then, and then it suddenly wasn't. And then the, the Packers just decided to play. I said, like, "Oh, we're we're here. We're here now. We woke up." Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was not fun for for me personally. That was not fun. Robert Tunyon doesn't score a touchdown. Um, I probably win a matchup, and I didn't, which is unfortunate, but. Anybody who owned Aaron Jones was very happy. Um, Anybody who owned Aaron Rodgers was happy. Anybody who owned Aaron Rodgers got the rebound from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the the, the person that dropped, uh, I think as we talked about in the podcast, the person that dropped Jared Goff 
or dropped Aaron Rodgers for Jared Goff, I don't think was too thrilled. No, uh, that was a that was a silly error. Um, but overall, I mean, it was a, a great bounce back game for Devontae Adams. People will be will be thrilled about that. Uh, eight catches to the tune of about a buck fifty. Uh, Robert Tunyon had his touchdown, so you know it was good for him. It was, it was overall, it was a very good bounce back game for the Packers, and I think it was a game where uh, anybody who was needing a little bit of uh, uh, of something to see from Green Bay to, I guess, comfort them and know that the Packers are just fine. That was the kind of game that you needed just to kind of see Aaron Rodgers have a good game, Robert Tunyon have a good game, Aaron Jones have a great game, and Devontae Adams have a, have a very solid night as well. I believe the term is called Monday Night Magic. Monday Night Magic, Monday Night Delight, whole bit. Um, yep. Yeah, if you, if you owned DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, you know, you're kind of chasing the points from last week, but it wasn't a terrible night by any stretch for, for DeAndre Swift. Just wasn't what it was last week. Uh, Jamal Williams kind of came back down to earth a little bit. TJ Hawkinson continued to, to do TJ Hawkinson like things. Oh, he was uh, another, great. He another got touchdown. that one touchdown. Yeah. yeah, another touchdown for him. Uh, Quintez Cephas had a touchdown as well in, uh, in that game. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Jared Goff looked all that bad. But the Lions just not a very good football team, and I think if uh, you know you're in two quarterback, if you're in superflex and you're needing a little option for your bench, I don't think Jared Goff is the worst option in the world. Given the Lions are going to suck, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, and the high volume is going to be good for someone like Jared Goff. Yeah, and I mean he was pretty efficient. Like he only had he ten. In, he only had ten incompletions. He had a QBR of fifty six point four. Only took one sack. Had the one pick, but two fifty and two touchdowns. And a pick. I mean, that's Jared Goff. That's Jared Goff in a nutshell. Yes, for a backup quarterback, like that's not the that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, and it also depends on, I guess, you know, this goes um, hand in hand with the waiver wire discussion that we're going to have. Is it really depends on what guys are on your waiver wire, and this is this this really is centered towards two quarterback and super flex. This 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 conversation, maybe deep, you know, 12, 14 team leagues as well. If you if you see Kirk Cousins out there, if you see Derek Carr out there, if you see Teddy Bridgewater out there, those are better options than Jared Goff. And but if you don't have any of those options out there, if, if you're choosing between Jared Goff, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, uh, Sam Darnold, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff is an excellent option. He's an excellent, excellent option who's going to be a very steady floor play week in, week out. Frankly, I don't know why you – I mean, that's not what I was going to say. Frankly – actually, no. Yeah. Frankly, I don't know why you wouldn't see uh, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, or Kirk Cousins because they're available in the vast majority of leagues. Yes. Yes. The vast majority they should be available. But, again, in, in, in two quarterback and super flex, probably not. Probably not. But if they right. are, then – they're probably better option than Jared Goff. But if you're looking for, say, say you need a third option and say your third option is Trey Lance and you're just kind of done with waiting. Trey Lance for Jared Goff may not be the worst thing in the world. I think that actually would be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, even like for this week, going picking up Daniel Jones, if you need a filler, Daniel Jones going up against the Falcons. Yeah. At home. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. 
as like a uh, as a streamer. Yeah, that sounds terrible at all. See, what, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to endorse Jameis Winston as a streamer this week, and Jameis Winston will go off. So just uh, putting that out there. We're back. What is it? 2018 already? We're, we're, we're back. We're throwing it back already to the required radio fantasy show desk. Yeah. Back and forth. Flip-flop. Jameis is great. Oh, Jameis sucks. Jameis is great. Jameis sucks. Well, this is Jameis. This, this is Jameis. Yes, this is this is what Jameis does. But no, Jameis is not going to do well this week. I don't. If Jameis throws for like five touchdowns against New England, I'm going to be thrilled, but also very sad at the same time. You're going to be very sad because you're going to say, "Fuck! How come my Zacky Poo couldn't do that?" But if Jameis doesn't, then it's a win for the Patriots. Yeah. And they'll be two and one, which uh, I very much expect that the Patriots are going are to be two and one because I think Bill Belichick just wants to shut down Alvin Kamara and say, all right, we're going to shut down 41 and we're going to try and have Jameis beat us, which is what every team should be doing, quite frankly, is dare Jameis Winston to beat them. Which is basically what Carolina did. Yeah. And that did not work out too well for the Saints. Right. Um, also, I think another player that's interesting that we should probably be talking about is Justin Fields. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he, he is in this waiver discussion today when although, we, although he somehow does not qualify because he's owned in 55.9% of the leagues. Well, does he, was our number 50 last year? Or was it 60? It was 50. It was 50? Okay. So then, yes, Justin Fields does not qualify. But, but we should talk about him anyway. Yeah, we're going to talk about him anyway. We're going to talk about him anyway. It's our show. We can do it. Yeah, he's someone that is worth, that is, quote, unquote, not qualified, but is most certainly qualified for for this discussion. So, I mean, do you want to hop just hop right into the quarterbacks? Of course. So, That's what the segues are for. So I need I need a refresher about how we did this last year. I think I think it was um, we just ranked like the the best ones that were available and then kind of talked about them. I think that's how we did it. Yep. All right. So I did this based on fifty percent ownership. So I was right in ESPN um, leagues. Yes, you had to specify fifty percent ownership within ESPN leagues. Correct. So. I'll give my top five QB ads for the week. My number five, I'm going with Taylor Heineke for the Washington football team, who I believe is owned in about 3% of ESPN leagues. My number four ad, I'm going for Sam Darnold of the Carolina Panthers, Adam Shield Jurier's. My Dude, number to get my jersey, I still have in the closet. I, I'm not surprised. Not surprised <laughs> in the slightest. You're holding on to hope. Uh, number three, I am going with the aforementioned Daniel Jones against the Atlanta Falcons at home this week, owned in 15% of ESPN leagues. My number two ad of the week is Teddy Bridgewater, owned in about 17% of ESPN leagues. And then my number one is Adam's guy, Derek Carr. Yes, who is owned in 22.1%. Yep, of that's what I have leagues. it as. Yep, at 22%. That twenty two percent again. These are these are Except guys. not in our league because I have them. Let's say you you do have them, you prick. Uh, <laughs> again, these are guys that you're not going to be going out of your way in 
10 team leagues to get because odds are you have a Kirk Cousins out there. You have a Ben Roethlisberger out there. You have a Baker Mayfield out there. There, there probably are better options than these guys. Maybe not Derek Carr, or Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe you could put them in, you know, an elite streaming category. But I think, and, and this, this actually was one that was brought to my attention uh, yesterday after we were done recording. And this is a question that I actually wanted to bring up on the podcast. I'm very happy I thought about it. So someone asked me, would they, would you drop? Ryan Tannehill for Derek Carr. Oh my God. Bird, I was actually going to talk to you about in not the co one, but the other one in the other league, Ryan Tannehill was on waivers mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And he's owned in 87% of leagues, but yeah, he, I, he's on waivers. Would you drop him? I think, well, who else does this person have? That, that is my question. And I did not get the answer to that. It was a matter of my guess is that I'm assuming that it's nobody else. Okay. If they didn't say it. So my guess is they're running with one quarterback. I could tell you this in the league where, so I, I, in one league where I have Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill, I am dropping Ryan Tannehill to try and get Rondell Moore, who we will be talking about. I would say if you have a better option than Ryan Tannehill, if you have a Tom Brady, if you have an Aaron Rodgers, if you have a Justin Herbert, yes, you're free and clear to drop Ryan Tannehill in single quarterback leagues. But if you're in two quarterback and Ryan Tannehill is one of your options, you can't afford it. You have to drop somebody else. You probably spent a a good pick on him for one thing. Right, right. For two, you you have it's two quarterbacks. You need two quarterbacks. He's still good. He's still serviceable. Right. So my my recommendation for that would probably be try and shop Ryan Tannehill because quarterbacks are always going to carry value in two quarterback and superflex. Always. That's that's just the name of the game. Um, I would not be dropping him out right there. But in ten team leagues, again, as Adam rightfully said. It depends on who's out there. It depends on. Uh, it really depends on who is available and what you're dropping Tannehill for. Like, if you're telling me you have an option, you have a number one quarterback already, and you're dropping Tannehill for Rondell Moore, like I am doing, then yes, I would say that that is a good bit of business. Yes. But if you're dropping Tannehill for Derek Carr, then also maybe picking up, I don't know, if you like see which quarterbacks make it through waivers. Correct. Correct. Let's see. Try to put it in like a, get a free agency deal, put in like a $0 bid. If right. you're using Fab. Right. Like if you have, if your two quarterbacks are Ryan Tannehill and Joe Burrow, then that's an even more, that's a tricky one because odds are you're going to be dropping one of those quarterbacks. And for me, I think the one that I would probably drop would be Burrow over Tannehill because I still think Tannehill has something, if that makes sense. Whereas Burrow, I'm not exactly sure where I'm at with him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think this week is not going to be the week that, 
you were proven right or proven wrong or whatever, this is not the week to make a snap decision about Burrow because he's going up against Pittsburgh on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, if and, you're, if yeah. you're nervous about Burrow and you want to drop him for a week, you could probably do it and you can go pick up Teddy Bridgewater and have Teddy Bridgewater do what he's going to do against the jets. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that, Adam. Hey, listen, the jets corners are good. They haven't allowed a touchdown all season. I doubt we see that continue, but. Bryce Hall is a stud. He's the second coming of Darrell Rivas. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. Remind remind me when uh, what happens with Bryce Hall when he uh, is done with Cortland Sutton. Okay. I bet I will. I will make a bet. I'll make a bet with you right now. I will. Uh, uh, let's see. I'll make a friendly wager and say that Cortland Sutton scores on Sunday. Okay. Your honor, we'll put some, we'll, we'll, we'll put, uh, we'll put cookie pens on it. Well, this is, this is cookie pens, really? Cookie pens, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a throwback. It, isn't it? That is going to be very hard for me because I'm, I will be relying on Cortland Sun to score because he is on my fantasy team. True. True. That is a, that is a tough one to, uh, that is a tough one to swallow, indeed. All right, I'll set. I'll find some cookie pens somewhere. I'll, I'll time travel back to element to myself in elementary school, steal some cookie pens, come back, and I'll give them to you. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. All right, you want to move on to uh, to the running backs? Yes. All right, this is a very light week for running backs. This is not a week that I think if you're looking for the next big thing, this is not the week for it. Uh, Considering the Elijah Mitchell was already. That's it's already came and went pretty much. Uh, number five for me, I'm going with Jermichael Hasty of the San Francisco 49ers, who has a uh, high talk- ankle sprain, doesn't he? Yes, does have a high ankle sprain, but I think is still worth the ad given it looks like that he is the, gonna, he is the short yardage guy in any event, but he's only number five for me because of the ankle injury, not he's really not worth playing. Yeah, not worth someone. Not he's not worth it if you're going to be spending, you know, double digit fab dollars on him. Not worth it. Uh, number four, I'm going with I don't Zach. Think people will be spending double digit fab dollars. No, he on should him. be picked up for uh, for zero or one dollar. He's not worth more, much more than that. But I'm telling you, it's that light of a week um, for the running backs. Number four, Adam, say it with me. I'm going for Zach. What's that? Moore. I was like, who's next? Travis Etienne? Like, are you just going to pick all the players that aren't going to be playing? I, I kind of cheated a little bit with this one. I'm going with Zach Moss. Zach Moss. Okay. Of the Buffalo Bills. He's owned He's owned in 53% of ESPN leagues, but I'm cheating on it. It's a light week. Yeah, exactly. Sue me. Uh, number three, I'm going with Kenny, Kenny Gainwell of the Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, I'm you going to trade him to me this morning. I did. I most certainly did. Number two, I'm going with JD McKissick of the Washington football team, another Washington football team member on the waiver show. And number one, we talked about it during the Cardinals Vikings game. Please, for the love of all that is holy, Make sure Alexander Madison is owned in your leagues. Alexander Madison, number one waiver wire ad for the running backs this week, just because 
if Dalvin Cook is hurt again in this upcoming matchup the Vikings have with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Alexander Madison then is all the more valuable. And even if Alexander Madison doesn't even play for you, doesn't even start a game, if Dalvin Cook is out, Alexander Madison has RB2 value, and you can get something real nice for Alexander Madison. And mind you, mind you, the once or twice that we've seen Alexander Madison actually have the job by himself, he's been downright awful. So he's someone that could be exclusively used as a trade chip if Dalvin Cook goes down. Yes, exactly. And one more thing before I let you uh, before I let you go, Adam, here. Um, the San Francisco 49ers have signed a very, very close friend of mine, someone who is near and dear to my heart, some, some would say is a part of me. They have signed my son, Carrion Johnson. So, Oh, really? You, they, I saw that they brought in Duke Johnson. That's what I was going to talk about. Yes, Carrion Johnson was signed to the practice squad for the 49ers. So if you want to go out and you want to make me feel good and you want, and you want to show me that you've uh, added Carrion Johnson to your fantasy teams, I would be very thrilled. Very thrilled. You might even bring a tear to my eye, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, one thing that's interesting is that Zach Ertz is on the COVID list. Yeah. Um, what else? There's, I believe, I believe uh, he is vaccinated though. Yeah. So he could, he could be off the COVID list before Sunday. Andy Dalton has a bone bruise in his knee. Just some more injury updates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a bone bruise in his knee. Um, Tara Ta- Tarod Taylor is out for Thursday night. Pick up um, the Panthers defense. Pick up Davis Mills. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> pick up, pick up the Panthers. Pick up the Panthers defense. Um, John Gruden said that uh, Derek Carr had an MRI today, uh, or yesterday, I guess, 19 hours ago. Uh, he had an MRI yesterday, and he thinks that he'll be able to play this week. And um, also, the another thing with Terod Taylor is he's considered week to week. Yeah, with that hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I, that's one that I think is probably from from what I've experienced in the past and with hamstring injuries and how they usually go. That's probably a three to four week injury for for Terod Taylor. So, you know this. This could be the time for anybody that has Brandon Cooks. This could be an opportunity to deal him. But there's also a part of me that says that Brandon Cooks could also still have uh, value because he's just someone that is just so disrespected and still puts up very, very, very solid numbers. Okay. I th- I think when you say, when you tell uh, our listeners to deal players when you have injuries like this, I think you're assuming that a lot of people are stupid when they play fantasy football. Because I think if they follow the NFL, then they can see the news that Toronto Taylor is going to be out for Thursday. So, like, why would they trade for Brandon Cooks? Well, he could be a buy low. You and, and there's some people that the people that do listen to the show are smart people. There could be, there yes. be people. There could be people in their in their leagues that don't listen to anything that live under a fucking rock and don't know that Tyrod Taylor is out. So you no, take advantage of that yes. stupidity. No, well, I mean, like, 
they're you're assuming that the people that don't listen to this show that are potentially being traded with are are stupid. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. The people that don't listen to this show are idiotic. Yes, that is a hundred percent what I'm saying. Okay. Just uh that's yeah. the first mistake that they made is not listening to this show. The second one is living under a rock. Yeah, it's not comfortable over there. So I hear. So I hear. It's pretty tight. Yeah. Tight in the bad way. Yes. But but if if you can afford it and you can keep a, keep hold of Brandon Cooks, not a bad not a bad option because Brandon Cooks was very good with Tyrod Taylor. Like I know uh, where I have where I have Brandon Cooks, I am absolutely 100% holding on to him because I can absolutely afford it. Um, well, he was good last week anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a part of me that says Brandon Cooks will still be um, fine, but am I starting him right away with Davis Mills? No, 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 no. Yeah. Also, um, Darrell Henderson with his rib cartilage. Uh, Sean McVay said that Darrell Henderson has a rib cartilage injury. They're hopeful that he's going to be ready. So hopefully, hopefully you have Sonny Michelle. Yeah, if Sonny Michelle is available and you have Darrell Henderson, I think that's a very good uh, pickup there. But Sonny Michelle doesn't qualify. So even then, even then though, yes, Sonny Michelle does not qualify. But in any event, um, I don't know if Darrell Henderson and Sonny Michelle are real starts that I want to really go for. Whoever the whoever the number one guy is for the Rams this weekend, I don't know if, if that's really one that I really want to go for, given they are going up against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Are you interested in anybody in Baltimore? Um, in in terms of in terms of what? What in terms of adding them on waivers? Do qualify? Or do do qualified guys count? Yeah. Or do unqualified guys count? Is what I should say. Well, so Le'Veon Bell. Qualifies. Le- Le'Veon Bell is useless. Useless. Well, I'm just saying, just going through the players here. Yeah. Okay. I'll go through the whole backfield. I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it easy. Uh, Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray. I think they're flex level running backs at best because that that just is going to be a committee where they go back and forth. If I had to pick a guy, I would probably say Latavius is probably the guy that I would go with. Outside of that. Le'Veon Bell is absolutely useless, and Devontae Freeman, for me, is absolutely useless. It would probably require an injury to Tyson Williams or Latavius Murray for Devontae Freeman to have any value, and even then, um, I still would not be very enthused. So for me, I'm ranking those Ravens running backs. Latavius Murray, Tyson Williams, 1-2 by a sizable amount, and then it's Devontae Freeman, 3, and then about 175 feet of shit. And then we get to Le'Veon Bell at number four. That's my favorite reference to Moneyball. It's, whole... <laughs> it's a fantastic reference. I'm so glad you get it. But yeah. but you, I, I also think you understand the reference of Le'Veon Bell is absolutely fucking useless. Trust me, I know. Do not even try and add him anymore. They, I remember when they signed Le'Veon Bell, the rush of people going to, they were crashing fantasy apps just to try and get Le'Veon Bell. And he's name value, name value. Yes. Bingo. Uh, I believe that 
We're up to six rules of fantasy football. The sixth rule of fantasy football is don't be swayed by name value. One of these days we'll write out we'll write out all the rules. One of these days. Ten commandments. Put it on, make a website, make a t-shirt. Ten commandments. Put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Did Put you know that Derek McKinnon sign with the Chiefs, by the way? Yeah. Yep. Didn't just realize that. Yeah, Jet McKinnon. Jet McKinnon is on the is on the Chiefs. He wears number one. Oh, good for him. He's number one. Remember, licking doorknobs is <laughs> never mind. <laughs> licking doorknobs oh is rude on other planets. <laughs> it's poetry. It's poetry. <laughs> what was that thing that Mr. Krause wanted me to remember? Remember, or was that thing that SpongeBob wanted me to remember? Remember, licking doorknobs is rude on other planets. It's true. It's uh, true. So I hear. Uh, you can cut that out if you want. Oh no, we're keeping that in. <laughs> oh no, that is that is absolutely staying in. It is, and it is official. And I don't know if we talked about this before, but it just popped up on my uh, my cellular device. Uh, it's official. Davis Mills has been named the starter for Houston for Thursday night. Has it been. popped up on mine as well. Yep, officially official. Yes, it's on the Athletic, so it's official. Yes. If the athletic is reporting it, it is official. Okay. So let's move on to receivers. Oh, what a week. What a week. What a week. Uh Ron no more. I already put it, I already put in my bid. So great. A great week for receivers. Oh. I mean, if I if I could recommend i I, i'm I'm gonna recommend it i don't care uh henry ruggs and um devontae parker are over the qualified uh players they're over 50 percent owned but definitely worth monitoring i like rugs more than i like parker putting that out there Uh, my number five waiver wire ad of the week for me it is zach pascal the uh, presumptive number two receiver for the Indianapolis Colts has two touchdowns in his first two games, but of course dealing with the whole Jacob Eason thing. So not exactly a, a, a must add for me, but now we get into the must add territory. Number four, KJ Osborne of the Minnesota Vikings as the number three receiver. Absolutely love him as someone that could be a late bloomer, even as a number three receiver still getting enough attention in the Minnesota Vikings offense where teams are going to be paying more, more closer attention to Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And that opens things up for KJ Osborne on the outside. Absolutely love him uh, as a number four receiver. And I think he could be a very, very solid wide receiver three, if not high level flex against the Seattle Seahawks this weekend. Whenever three, I am going with Tim Patrick of the Denver Broncos. Another touchdown for him. So if you're looking for the, if you're hunting for the touchdowns, that could be something that you really go for. But the yardage is definitely a, a bit of an issue with Cortland Sutton having 159 receiving yards last weekend. No Broncos receiver had more than 36 after that. So you might need Tim Patrick to have a bit more of an uptick with, with the yards. But overall, 17% owned in ESPN leagues widely available and should be a very solid addition as a fourth or fifth receiver to the end of your bench until Jerry Judy returns. 
Number two for me, it is Darnell Mooney of the Chicago Bears, a very popular sleeper pick coming into the year. And he's looked very good. And the rapport between him and Justin Fields is what is really going to determine how good of a waiver ad Darnell Mooney could potentially be. But we saw the talent last year with Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, that whole QB conundrum. And we're seeing it this season already with uh, Darnell Mooney. He's been very, very impressed at the start owned in 47% of ESPN leagues. The number one is Rondell Moore. Has to be. He had the clear-cut number two receiver in Arizona for right now the front runner for league MVP, Kyler Murray. Uh, it's very simple. If you have a hole at receiver, this is the guy you're filling it with. Rondell Moore, 100%. This is the guy to go out and get this week. He probably, I would say, he's probably worth... If you're in, if you're in two hundred dollar fab leagues, I would say he's probably worth a very solid 20 percent of your overall budget, just because of what kind of player he could be for your fantasy rosters. I agree. Which is what I mean. I already put in my bid, so I won't tell you what it is, but I I'll tell you what mine is either. But I already put in my bid for Rondell Moore because, geez, this guy could be a game changer. This is what we're talking about when we say you can win championships through waiver pickups. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. This is this is one of those pickups that if you can get your hands on them, yeah, this is it's one of those that it could be a game changing addition. I think, I think. Yeah. Uh, two guys that could be, uh, that could merit looks also as like guys, you can, if you, if you can stash them on your bench, um, Hunter Renfro of the Raiders and Gabriel Davis of yep. the bills. I think those are fantastic shouts. They're both owned. Like Gabriel Davis is owned in like 13.4% of leagues. Hunter Renfro is owned in 9.4% of leagues. So they're available. They're going to be available for cheap, most likely. So if you want to try something out, I don't know why you would this early, but if you want to try something out at receiver, there's an emergency, then it's worth a shot. If you, as a backup to uh, Rondell Moore, because they might, they might even be available after waivers. Yeah, and even some other guys, if you want me to just rattle them out really quick, that I think are worthwhile. Jalen Rieger, worthwhile. Darius Slayton, absolutely worth it. Hunter Renfro, Emmanuel Sanders, Therese Marshall, all worthwhile ads. This is a great week for anybody that, that needs receiver help. This is a great week to try and fill out your benches with guys that provide solid floor, but then also could provide top-end ceiling like Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore is the prize of waivers this week. A hundred percent. The Elijah Mitchell, so to speak. He is the Elijah, he is the Elijah Mitchell this week. Yes. But should not be should not be flying off waivers because it it it, it, it it's a it's a dense receiver market. It it is dense. Yes. I think the uh the waiver out of the week should be the Alexander Madison award. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Alexander Madison, if he's available on your waivers, that could be where if Alexander Madison and Rondell Moore are both available, that might be a good thing. You might just have to murder your fab. 
don't murder your fab. Don't don't murder your fab for Alexander Madison. Don't even murder your fab for Rondell Moore. Don't do it. Again, Rondell Moore is a player for me, for my own personal opinion. Rondell Moore is worth 15 to 20% of a $200 budget. He's not worth more than that. Okay. He is not worth more than that. He's not, he's not someone that I'm breaking the bank over. As for Alexander Madison, I'm breaking the bank for Alexander Madison if I own Dalvin Cook because that is a necessity. And why you've allowed Alexander Madison to be on waivers for two weeks when you have Dalvin Cook is beyond me. Well, why you didn't draft him in the first place? Why you didn't draft me. him in the first place? Exactly. Okay. So from a deep position to a shallow position, tight ends. Yeah, this is this one will take two minutes to discuss. Uh, this is not a, a good stream market. Um, for me, I'm just listing three guys here that are worth that are worth the, the attention. Uh, Jawan Johnson still owned in 25% of leagues. Talked about him last week with the tight end wide receiver dual eligibility. I'm not sure if sites have corrected that yet, but something to monitor there. Uh, Pat Fryermuth at two is one that I'm interested in. And Austin Hooper at one is the clear cut far and away guy where if you're looking for a tight end this week with no Jarvis Landry, potentially no Odo Beckham as well for Cleveland, Austin Hooper becomes more and more valuable. And then Harrison Bryan as well, uh, I think has some upside, but guys like Max Williams who had a big week last week, I'm not, no, I'm not interested there. Okay. Um, what about uh, Cole Komet, who's available in 35 point, or he's owned in 35.7% of leagues? Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if Cole Komet is available, that, that was not one that I, that I had pointed out uh, on my list. But yeah, if Cole Komet is available in, if he's available in 65% of leagues, yeah. Yeah. Cole Komet would slide in. I think, I think he would slide it into the number two option for me on this list just ahead of fryer but not ahead of, of of hooper do you like the dallas guys it's it's just so cloudy in dallas because you don't really know who's no the it guy. Isn't. it's pretty nice I, over there this time of year it, it is very nice over there this time of year so i hear <laughs> i think the guy for me is probably dalton schultz but then again it, it really is a timeshare with the tight end so if i had to pick one it's dalton schultz if i had to pick one Okay, but I think I think there are better options. Like I would probably rather have Jawan Johnson. Uh, I would rather have Cole Komet. I would rather have Austin Hooper over the Dallas guys. Okay. So uh, defense. Well, before we go into defenses, I just want to point out something. Mm -hmm. Joe Douglas might be might be a Jedi because Chris Herndon has been a non-factor. And Joe Douglas got a third round or a fourth round pick for him. He he most certainly could be a Jedi. It is actually crazy. He could he could be a sorcerer. You never know. But uh, anyway, so as far as defenses are concerned, you know this is another kind of a lot of the defenses that have good matchups are owned. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of the the good defenses are 
are widely owned. Um, all the other good defenses have terrible matchups. Well, we talk about the Panthers. That's like a fantastic stream, right? Right there. That's one that I'm looking at. Um, the Titans could be a good one with Jacob Eason now the starter for for the Colts. The Bears coming off of a big week last week, and the Browns being very shorthanded at wide receiver. That could be an, inter- an interesting one that I go and uh, try and get. If the Patriots are available at home versus the Saints, that could be one. The Arizona Cardinals is a fantastic one against Jacksonville, who just have looked hapless. Uh, the Broncos, but they're – I think pretty widely owned. Uh, the they're Raiders, ninety-one percent of leagues. Yeah, their own. The Raiders up against the Dolphins, which Kobe Brissett. That could be an interesting one. I I just don't love the Raiders secondary, so that, that's when I think they'll be like bottom of the stream list uh, for me. And other than that, I'm staying. I'm staying away from the rest of the uh, the defense. I just kind of went in order. Um, you know, if if you could like if you own the Rams or the Buccaneers defense defenses at the 425, there are some streaming options this week that you know I think I would be benching those two. Um, and then the 49ers defense against the against the Packers, Aaron Rodgers going back to the Bay Area. Of course, that game's in prime time because why wouldn't it be? It was in prime time last year. And it's in prime time again, to the surprise of absolutely fucking nobody. Yeah. All right, so you want to do uh, what about the what about the Packers defense going no. up against the 49ers? No. No. Not for me. Okay. Well, not, not why would you, for me. Why would you pick up the 49ers defense? Aaron Rodgers does usually does well against the 49ers. They're at home. They're at home and it's prime time. Okay. I believe me, they're bottom of my list. Fair enough. Like I would play the I would play the Raiders over the 49ers personally. I know that sounds crazy, but the Raiders might be going against a backup quarterback. Okay. So let's do the co-own. Yep. The Logan Paulson fan club. Yep, the Logan Paulson fan club who we were Adam, I think we were very smart in picking up the uh the Cardinals defense and just having them in Beating tow. The we, beat, we could beat the waiver wire on that one. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, we we're kind of, I mean, I don't want to say we're kind of limited. We are in terms of, you know, what we could do this week. Um, you know, we're not setting the lineup today necessarily. But I think in terms of, you know, what we want to do with this team, we have to try and deal Clyde. That's one thing that I'm kind of working on, trying to get rid of that and just move on from that absolute fucking disaster. But if we go onto the onto waivers here, and we don't need a quarterback necessarily. Not um, yet, anyway. Well, Although, Kirk we Cousins have a, could, could be interesting. We have a decision that we that we can make though here um, between Tyler Higby and Robert Tunyon. Personally, I like Higby. I think Higby would be the play that I would go with for for right now. Um, but we definitely have to keep an eye out for for Tunyon. 
the guy that we end up ended up cutting last week. Just put that. Still own Eli Manning. Sorry, what, what's that? It's my my ADHD. I was looking. I was just scrolling down. The amount of people that own Eli Manning are the same amount of people, like Eli Manning and Davis and Davis Mills have the same fantasy ownership. Are you kidding me? Eli Manning is owned in 0.2% of ESPN leagues. Stop it. Drew Brees is owned in 0.1. I'll be damned. Uh, that's that's wild to me. Philip, wait, where's Philip Rivers? He, I think he was owned. 0.1. 0.1 Philip Rivers. Yeah. Wild. Wild to me. Um, okay, so we, we, we have to make it a, a decision here. Um, I, I, I honest, Adam, I mean, I don't think there's anybody really on waivers that's available. Cause I mean, I'm just looking at, Besides we don't really Tanya. need, we don't really need quarterbacks. And then outside of, you know, if we're looking at what we need, you know, where we need running backs, we need receivers. I mean, but outside of that, there really isn't anybody that jumps off the page in terms of what we need, unless unless we're going gun ho for Rondell Moore. But again, it all comes down to if we pick up Rondell Moore, who are we dropping? Yeah, well, that's that's the key. Who are we dropping? <laughs> because who are, who are we dropping if we're going all out for for Rondell Moore? Because it's not obviously. I don't even think we can drop Clyde. It's not Corey Davis because we like Corey Davis. Jamal well, Williams. We're not dropping Clyde. I mean, they're, they're no way. Yeah, I don't even think we can. Uh, we're not dropping Corey Davis. Uh, Jamal Williams is our handcuffed to DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquise Brown, you know, still has upside as a receiver. Marquise Brown could be starting for us this week. Yeah, exactly. Um. I don't think we're dropping the Rams defense because they're very good. Jeremy uh, Jeremy McNichols is our handcuffed to Derrick Henry. And Latavius Murray is, I don't know, he would be the one guy probably that would be under consideration for me. I agree. I think Latavius Murray would be one and Jeremy McNichols would be another just because I don't think Jeremy McNichols has value to anybody else outside of us. But the problem is, is I don't ever want the feeling of the second that we drop the handcuff to Derrick Henry, if something happens to Derrick Henry, then we're going and we're putting a $100 fab bid just to get Jeremy McNichols back. So, you know, Jeremy McNichols is not someone that I think makes a ton of sense. I think the move really is, and this is something that I have to, I have to work on off air, really, is trying to do like a two-for-one where we can get a trade to happen where we create some roster space so that we have some flexibility to make some moves. So that would be something that I would, I would, I would do off air, but if we're going to put in a, in a, in a bid for Rondell Moore, I, I think the guy, one of the guys that we're dropping is Latavius or Jerry McNichols. And even then I don't think it makes a lot of sense to do it, even though, we do have a need at receiver. I just think that it, we drop Latavius Murray. He's being picked up personally. That's just me. Oh, absolutely. And 
if we pick up Rondell Moore, I mean, we're starting him over Javante, I guess. Probably. Yeah. We're probably At starting four receivers. If we're, if we're going to start uh, Hollywood and Rondell Moore, we're, we're starting four receivers. So we'd be starting Hollywood over Robbie or yeah. Julio. Yeah. Over, over Robbie. Okay. Over Robbie. But again, this is something that I think off air, I'm going to have to try and, and, and work out maybe, Maybe a thing that I would do is going to Jake, whose team is 0-2, and, and trying maybe if we can see if we can work out a deal for Najee. That could be something that we uh, try and work out there, uh, give him some help where need, where need be. He does need help at the receiver position, so that could be something that we uh, that we try and do. But outside of that, his team is just a fucking nightmare. Um there are a bunch of other teams that I know uh, need help. Like, uh, you know, for example, if we go to, uh, let's see, another, we need to find another 0 and 2 team here. Yeah. Like uh, Team Milk Carton, for example. Uh, they're 0 and 2. They have Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson. They also have Josh Jacobs. So, you know, there, there are some running backs here that I think make a ton of sense that we could try and uh, work out some sort of deal. I mean, if we could swing, oh, God, their Dalvin receivers Cook. are not good. Yeah, I mean, if we could swing something for Dalvin Cook, I mean, oof. just a big-ass deal for Dalvin Cook, but I, I, I doubt it. I think Chris Carson actually could be a, a very viable uh, target, even though he's very, very, very boring. And Chris Carson and I just do not have the best of relationships, but that could be something that we do. So that's something that will have to be done uh, off-air, and we will uh, have to alert the people when we do the uh, the week three preview show later in the week uh, about what we do with uh, with this. I don't think it's something that we could do, you know, right here, right now. Yeah. Okay. So that is, that is the game plan. We're not putting in any claims as of yet, but we are trying to make a deal to try and create some roster space to go ahead and make a claim potentially for Rondell Moore. Okay. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you later in the week where we do our previews and we set up the lineup for the uh, co-owned league. Yes, buddy. And there's an, an announcement that I do want to make. Um, so the plan, and this is something that actually Jake kind of came up with and he suggested it and I said it's a very good idea is at the end of each week what we're going to do Jake and I and Adam you are more than welcome to join if you would like to is we are going to be doing a mailbag oh that's fun for uh, start sit decisions lineup calls waivers league dilemmas we're going to be doing all of that. That's going to be a weekend episode that usually will come out on Saturdays. So Jake and I will be recording those episodes Thursday, if not Friday, with an aim to be released on Saturday. So you'll have your, uh, your, your previews at the end of each week for the following week. But then on the actual weekends, every Saturday morning in your inboxes, you will have a mailbag show. Once again, all the links are in the description. If you have any questions, 
send them along and they will be answered on on the podcast as they normally are. So uh, mailbag is going to be happening much more frequently for any questions that you have in terms of setting lineups. Well, that's fun. I'm excited for that. I would love yeah. to come on on one of those. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be uh, it would be a fun thing to uh, to do, and it, it engages us with the listeners a bit more, which we love. Yep. Okay. Well, for my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time. Toodaloo. Bye bye.